Hey guys, this is Table for Four. This is Stephanie. This is Andre. Welcome you to two special guests. Uh, first guest, basically family, uh, an awesome boy mom and an overall busy, busy lady with her own makeup service line. And, you know, she does special makeup for you lovely ladies out there, especially for Mother's Day. Uh, I want to welcome everybody to Stephan- Stephanie Allen. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm good. Um, I also have the other special guest, basically family. She's just a regular Stiti Jen. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> Just a regular. Damn, no, no, no uh, bio, nothing. Listen, no. we have a guest panel today. Her name is Jen. <laughs> she's step no, no, but she's she's the regular. So she's like she's part of the you know part of the panel. It's like <laughs> fact. But in celebration of Mother's Day, we just wanted to recognize all the lovely ladies out there focusing on Mother's Day, focusing on you, ladies. It's not easy being a parent, especially being a mom. And there's so many different journeys when it comes to being a mom. Uh, For me, it's always a balance between finding yourself and being a person for your kids. Um, Becoming a mom myself was a journey, can't even begin because it's still a long journey. And one of the ways of becoming a mom uh, is either through marriage um, where you become that stepmom. That wasn't me in the case. Um, Another way of Becoming another mom was uh, through adoption. Right. And, you know, listening to different stories and different perspectives on how each mom was able to go on their own journey being a mom themselves. Right. And it's such a special um, idea behind just being a mom itself. Being a mom and uh, through pregnancy is a beautiful and yet scary time for anybody. But okay. Um, myself and Stephanie, we've had, um, our children at different stages in our time, you know, in our lives and at different ages. And we've had like totally different perspectives on that journey of being mom. So Stephanie, thank you so much for, you know, joining us today and talking about that journey. You're welcome. So I just want to dive right in about your particular story as a teen mom. So when, when you think of a teen mom, everybody thinks that it's, basically under the age of 20 and you know 13 14 15 that's what the age group is for um so for now if you can just you know tell me whatever the best part of it or the idea behind it so stephanie i just want to talk about your journey uh in terms of um you know just being a teen at that time for your pregnancy and just wanted to know a little bit more about that backstory and, you know, how has it affected you and, you know, how is it affecting you today? Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's start from the beginning. I got pregnant at 17. Um, so it was the winter. No, I'm lying. It was the fall um, prior to me graduating from um, high school. So I was 17, going on 18. Um, and I pretty much finished off my senior year pregnant. I walked across the graduation stage, like 70 pounds heavier with baby in my belly. 
a week later I gave birth. Um, so essentially like I, I'm not what I feel like most people would, I mean, I am a teen, I was a teen mom, but like, I feel like when people say teen mom, they mean like 13, 14, like going through high school, right. pregnant. Right. Going with that. Yeah. Right. But I, I mean, I was at the end. Um, but even still, I mean, it still came with its own um, difficulties and uh, struggles. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. But like, if there was something that affected your decision, because the first thing that comes to my mind was like, I was 26 when I had my first one. So I was, you know, una vieja, a little bit. I was on the older side. So. At that stage, for me, I was a little bit more prepared, I guess, you know, out, I wasn't in school or I just finished college and things like that. Like, how are you able to balance, you know, still going to school and graduating and having that balance to do both, like still studying and things like that? Um, I guess you can say the simple answer is I just did it. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just did it. I mean, it's... Thinking back now, I'm like, whoa, like, how did I do that? Um, but again, like I had, my story is, is a little bit different from some girls who go through what, what I went through. It's because my, you know, I had my parents there. They did um, support me, obviously not happily because, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> they, who would want their 17 year old daughter to get pregnant? Um, but they did. They were there for me. They didn't kick me out. They didn't, um, you know forced me to find my own way and like, you know, do, do what some parents do do. So, so my initial plans for when I graduated high school were to go to John Jay college and study uh, criminal psychology, um, forensic psychology. And, um, so that kind of changed for me because now I didn't want to have to go to school so far away. I mean, what's, it's not far away, but it's like a ferry ride and a whole bit. It's a, it's a, it's a trip basically. From Staten Island. So I went, ended up going to college in Staten Island. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of my plans changed along the way. Or maybe not my plans or just my perspective changed and my end goal just kind of changed, I feel like. Really? I yeah. think that with just with pregnancy itself, I think you still can attain your goals because I, oh, yeah, I, th I don't think it, it should deter you. But if you no. still feel like you were able to do it, then by all means, just continue doing it. Because yeah, yeah. sometimes I feel like somebody of, you know, of that age might feel defeated at one point. It's like, how am I going to do this? I'm like, no, no. If you have the, the support of your parents and yeah. they're able to help you, then I think by all means, continue what you continue with your goals yeah, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. So did you feel like you were limited? Um, not, I don't know. I feel like I put limits on myself more than like a situation put a limit on me. I just felt like I didn't want to go to school so far. I didn't want to come home late. I didn't want to have to work far like I wanted everything to be close by so that I could be you know like available if something happened to my son um and so that was just basically like where my where my plans took a shift I mean I still went to school for psychology and I still got my bachelor's but I mean along the way I realized that psychology I love psychology I, I, I love forensic psychology I love you know watching criminal shows and all that stuff but um psychology is a lot of reading and I don't I don't do that so <laughs> <laughs> that's I think where I change um but yeah so I, I mean I could have kept going but it's just not what I wanted to do and then I, I was basically just like okay I'm just gonna get my bachelor's and I'm gonna like I'm gonna push myself that far just so I can 
you know, like show my son, like these, this particular goal was attained in some sort of way. So, um, so you were able to overcome obstacles in that sense. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like focusing on your career and focusing on other goals that you had, um, was it a positive thing to have him along for that journey? Um, I think yes and no, Mm -hmm. because I mean, this is like a whirlwind of situations that I myself put myself through because young and dumb and bad decisions. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, in terms of like schooling and, uh, like work and all that kind of stuff, he definitely was kind of like that push to do better and to, to want more and want better for myself. Um, in terms of that personally, in, different direction <laughs> relationships wise um i i didn't really think of him that much mm-hmm. like i didn't really think of what affects my exterior relationships mm-hmm. could have on him through me oh so you're talking about like other outside influences yes yeah. okay okay not particularly influences that like influence him directly but through me Indirectly. Indirectly, yeah. Gotcha, Uh gotcha. But when when you think about, like, the what was the first initial thought of you becoming a mom at such a young age? What was, like, the first thought? Like, my life is over? Or it's like, what was, like, the first thought? Because at 26, I'm like, I'm not ready. (laughs) So imagine at 17, you weren't ready either. I wasn't ready. So imagine at 17, like, I'm not ready for this either. So I, I think it doesn't, I think age doesn't discriminate when, when we're ever ready. Cause I think yeah, you can no. be 40 and you, no, you, you still not ready. ready. No, no, no. Did you ever think it would happen at such a young age? It's one of those, like, you know, we, they talk about it in school all the time and then they're like, yeah, it won't happen to me. And boom. Okay. So let me just say this. First of all, my, my parents did not give us the birds and the bees, quote unquote talk. They did not talk to us about sex. I think the only time I remember my mom telling me about sex was Better like- not get pregnant. <laughs> literally that. Just literally that. that. Oh, really? Don't, like, like, don't get pregnant. Like, don't have sex before marriage. Like, that, like, that was it. That, that was the extent of- That was the extent. Ex- don't have sex at all. Like, you get pregnant and die. Like, that, like, like Mean Girls. Well, you're like, gonna get pregnant and die? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I remember in Mean Girls where he's like, don't have sex, you get pregnant and die? Like, like, that was it. And like, nothing else. So, there was no like, real conversation and like, on education, it was more of an abstinence thing. Like. Yeah, it was more just of, a, of an abstinence thing. And that doesn't work. I mean, it, it just doesn't. Not to a hormonal teenager. And of course. on top of that, like, I feel like, and this is going to sound weird. I feel like if it was to happen to any of the females in my family, it was going to be me. And I feel, and I feel that way. And I'm going to tell that you That sounds why. weird. Why, that sounds weird to me. I just, because f- from, from a young age, I was very like boy crazy and, you know, like had a cr- like crushes and like, like a young age, when I'm talking about young age, I'm talking about like eight, seven, eight years old. Like, so you were already interested. I was in, already in, interested in, in boys, in boys and, 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 and the dynamic and just trying to, you know, yeah. be friends with them and things like that. But I don't think that makes you. Actually, I'm, I think it was before that. 
think like my first like quote unquote kiss was just kidding. No, no, she's no, she's right. She's right. She's right. She's right. She's right. Um, I mean, I think that that that's particular like personality trait, I guess, of my own was due to you know like um you guys previously had a had a episode where you talked about like dads and um our our father was very emotionally um disconnected or available or unavailable unavailable unavailable. um and so i just feel like i mean like now i'm thinking about it i'm like is that just an excuse but like obviously there's been studies done and psychological like you know um studies where you know the data shows. The da- the da- yeah, the data shows that, you know, kids, or, or particularly girls who grow up with um, fathers who are either absent or emotionally absent, you know, they're, I guess, more they inclined to look for that connection. Be, there is that more connection of a, a tendency yeah. in that. that manly connection. Yeah. And I was, and for me, I feel like up until, no offense to my triplet siblings, but up until they were born, like me and my dad kind of had like my dad was a cool guy. We had a connection. Like, you know, like I remembered like certain things back from when I was three, like us hanging out, like doing things. Um, but it wasn't until like all these extra added stresses came on that he really became. <laughs> what do you, what do you call them? What do you call them? Extra, siblings? Yeah. My siblings? siblings? That's what you call them? Stresses. Okay, realistically, like. <laughs> they took Real- attention from us. I mean, I was three and a half. I'm just saying. But, um. That on top of his job and all extra stuff, like he just became completely emotionally um, unavailable. So I feel like that mixed with um, other things I'm not going to get into um, definitely paved my way into becoming a teen mom. And I, I remember too, like specifically, like my mom, like I don't know if it was my mom or if she was talking about somebody else that said it, like basically kind of speaking over my life that I was going to be a team mom before I was even a team mom. So it was, kind of, it was kind of thrown into existence. It was thrown into it the universe. Kind of thrown, yeah. And into just the universe just, and it just came yeah. to fruition. So, so next time just say, I want to win $10 million <laughs> and yeah, you throw that in the wind. Throw it all the time. Just throw it all the time. <laughs> you know, pray on that and it'll come into fruition. But I think to, to go back, having that open communication with your parents, right? Like my mom, my mom's awesome, but she did have the conversation with me. She sat down with me. We had a conversation and it wasn't really more about abstinence with her. It was more about finding the right person, right? She's like, make sure you don't, you know, just you know, find the connection first. You know, don't just sleep with somebody just because you want to sleep with them, you know? And it's always, she's, she didn't really explain to me about like, the ins and outs of it, but it was for her, it was more of a connection thing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, you're going to make friends. You you know, some of those friends are going to be boys and, you know, they're going to try to talk to you and then they try to, you know, sweet talk you and tell you all nice things in your ears. Don't fall for it. That's what she told me. So I believed then. I was like, okay, mom. But for her, I think it was very brave for her to have that conversation with me and be upfront with it. And I think that if you, like you mentioned before, the data shows if there is an open conversation, the likelihood of being judged is reduced. Because if your mom is telling you, hey, listen, been there, I know what it is. Instead of saying, well, no, don't have sex because you're going to die. <laughs> you're, putting some, you're putting a barrier already. So you're now, you're, they've already set you up. 
So do you feel like you were restricted in that sense that, you know, you were already feeling controlled and it kind of made you like, you know, let loose? Or was it something that was more based on knowledge? Well, in her defense, my mom had talked to us about the birds and the bees and I was, that, I was that guy just going after girls. In school. <laughs> but you're, you're a boy. Right. But you know, like my grandma used to tell us, you know, mm-hmm. that the, you know, gotta be able to talk about the Bible. You gotta respect this. You gotta respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was my, in my defense. No, I didn't get talked about it. So, okay. So I'm going to turn it to you then. If you didn't have that discussion with her, obviously you didn't. Did it make you more aware of what is out there or you were trying to find your own answers? Well, what helped us is we had sex ed in class, sex mm-hmm. education, sex ed in class mm-hmm. in school. You can say the word. It's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed. Sex ed. Okay. That's what it was. <laughs> and, and, you know, going through the book, you see all the diseases and all the stuff, kind of like, whoa. Kind of, but other than that, like that's the only sex education I had. Mm-hmm. But that's a one day, like, yeah, once thirty a week, minute yeah. course. Like, it's a, it's not like it. it, it there's a difference between hearing it from your teacher and hearing from it your from parents. your parents, who you're supposed to have that connection with, that you're supposed to be able to like get wisdom and like understanding from, rather maybe, than just like out of a textbook. Maybe they don't know how to talk to you. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I not. mean. <laughs> Right. Mommy had me at 19. And I think that was the reason why she had the conversation with me mm-hmm. early. hundred percent. And she was like, you know, don't, don't, under, you know, don't misunderstand that I love having you at a young age, but I wish I would have waited, you know, that I was better prepared, but you know, like you were the best thing that happened to me. And I said, yeah, good, you know, good, uh, cover good answer, up mom. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. Well, you, have, you have to remember like Dermot, those times. Different generation. You're right. You're right. To our Latin culture. Like if, if your family sees you with that one person, you're like destined to be with that person for that's the rest your husband, of your life. That's, it. that's your mm-hmm. husband. That's it. And that's what kind of like happened with your mom. Right. Right. You know, my mom wasn't like that. She just met my dad then left and came here. And then that's the rest is history. <laughs> but my mom was 29 when she had me. She right, was really late in age, but yeah, she still feared. She still had that fear of her parents. Like, oh my God, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? You know, I'm pregnant. I'm not married. Cause that was a whole the whole abstinence thing and the whole religion um, and Pentecostal and Christianity, like you're supposed to be married before you, mm-hmm. you, you lose your fruit, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> before you lose your fruit. <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but it's just like when, when people use kind of those terms of like pop your cherry and th- it's yeah. just like so many pop different, there's like so many. It's so, a family friendly show. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, but what I'm saying is, is that if, if we had the conversation, would have it prevented you in the first place? Even if you had the conversation. That's, I think that's what the real question is. Mm. She might be more I, aware. I can't, I can't tell you yes or no, because I'll, I'll tell you this. And I don't know if my sister knows this, but I think oh, we're about, we about to hear we it about now. to hear the tea. Um, but I did not lose my virginity to my son's father. Okay. I lost my virginity when I was 14. That I didn't know. So I just turned 14. Wow. So when I said that there are underlying factors as to how all these things progressed in my life, that there's, you know. But I don't think it, sh- I don't think it should steer away from you. You made, a, you made a personal decision, right? That's one. 
I don't think that you should feel guilty for making that decision, but keep in mind about what the consequences were yeah, at 100%. that point, right? Mm-hmm. But there's other instances that if you were given advice early, if you were spoken to early, do you think that you would have still lost your virginity at 14? No. No. That's, no. that's, I because think had, that's what we're trying to been, get to. Had there been uh, an open conversation, I feel like I would have, I can't say that either, but I would have hoped that if I was able to communicate certain things to my parents that they were they would be be wise enough to put me through some kind of a therapy kind of situation mm-hmm. so that I can get those things out there and heal from those things really um, that's a very mature thing to say because you're already recognizing at 13 that you needed help on that that spectrum oh, yeah of course I did oh but I didn't at at the time like let's, let's just say for my lost my virginity I didn't remember the underlying factors until maybe like a year or two later um and then i was like oh like that makes sense Mm -hmm. so like i i don't really know like i don't know if i i don't know how it would play out i don't know i mean now thinking back on it if i would have had some therapy Mm -hmm. maybe like those kind of repressed memories would come back and i would have been able to like because i was a rebellious kid like a teenager so I mean, like from the get, from the get, like got it, got it, hands down. Like you ain't telling me. And you weren't like that, yes. but you weren't like that. that. No, I know how to hide it better. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was displayed. I, <laughs> I was gonna sneak it around. No one knows. <laughs> yeah, I was. No, I was that. That was more in your face. I'm gonna do what I want to. Right, and I and you know what it is. I think that when it comes to personalities and it comes to having an understanding of your own self. I think you're still discovering yourself at 13, yeah, 14. 100%. So if there is some sort of stage that you have confusion or some, you know, underlining issue from the, from the get, it, it only amplifies what's already there already. Right. Uh-huh. But I think like if you had advice, right, if you had advice for other kids your age at 13 14 would you advise them to say hey i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do no or would you tell them hey listen <laughs> you know figure yourself out first yes and 100 like what what other advice would you give them in that sense um i would say talk about how you're feeling to somebody it doesn't have to be mom dad it could be sibling it could be and I'm talking about somebody older, not like a friend like who's in the same age as you. Yeah, because like, they're going to give you bad yeah, advice. Yeah, don't listen to your friends. Don't listen to your, your friends. friends. No. Um, just anybody older who you can trust, like, just, just really just ask them. Like, not ask them. Talk to them about how you feel, like, what's going on at home and whatever. Like, whatever sexual feelings you may be having. Anything. Just so you can get some kind of wise guidance in the proper direction rather than I'm just going to do whatever I want and please myself and whatever. Like, you know, like it's right. just, that's not the way to go. But at that, at that age, did you feel um, support at, you know, at that time being pregnant, did you feel support in a sense that it didn't feel like it was obligated? Like I'm trying to find the right words. At the time that you were 14, what kind of support did you get to kind of talk about those feelings, right? 
you said you didn't get that support, no. right? So if you were to look for that support, where, where else would you go? Did you go to school counseling or you just kind of kept everything in? I keep everything inside until you push me enough to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole different ball game. Um, yeah. So yeah. At that age, definitely. Um, everything was bottled up. Everything. Even to this day, things are bottled up, but. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm going to therapy. So mm-hmm. shout out to therapy. <laughs> but, shout out to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Like I yelled at yesterday by my, by my therapist because she says that um, I keep everything inside and need, need to, to let, let it go. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter how I let it out. Just let it out. I'm like, is that really healthy? Um, it's healthy for somebody. This yeah, the first yeah. time we're talking about this. Yeah. yeah. And I, the thing with that is I, I was in therapy for three and a half years, but my problem was more, it was a medical problem that kind of um pushed me to a psychotic break Mm. so when thinking thinking back that you have all these different contributing factors um you know parents that are not communicative um parents that are emotionally unavailable um you said also a dynamic between not getting enough attention because you were um bombarded by other siblings, <laughs> other stressors, other, other, other stressors. stressors. So, so now think about all your, all the things you had going on. Now imagine that to a 14, 15 year old going through I couldn't, that. I couldn't, no way. You're, you're a teenager, you're in high school, you're pregnant. Then you have to worry. I wasn't about, pregnant then. I know. I'm, I'm just oh, talking okay. in general. I'm talking about you have people, you know, cause I know friends growing up in high school, they were like 14 years old, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. So now you have to worry about people making fun of you in school. Now you have to worry about, are my parents going to deal with it? Because they hide the pregnancy for so long until they start showing. Mm. And then now they're like, then they have to worry. And, they, and then you hear stories where once they get pregnant, the teens they go and just get rid of the baby, throw in the dumpster and they don't want to deal with it because the oh, parents those, don't know. Those are the scary so stories. So there's a lot of all these emotions and mentally, physically going on that who are they going to turn to? You know, like in her case, at least her parents were involved. They didn't like it, but, but they were there. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. And no, but she mentioned that like at that point it was, um, it was a point of trying to figure yourself out still being a mom. Right. Mm -hmm. And then learning to take care of your child with the support of your parents as well. Correct. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's always difficult in itself, you know, already at 17. And then some (laughs) teens don't have that. Right. You know, some, some kids are foster kids, so they, they sleep in orphanages, I mean, not group homes. Mm-hmm. Group you homes. know, some of them have group homes, they go to school, come back, and then on top of that, they got to deal with this, you know, like, it's a lot, especially for a 14-year-old. And then I think there are some kids that I think they commit suicide because of it, right? Like, there's like the numbers. That, well, the data, shows the, data that, shows the data shows that there's so many different factors that, factors, yep. that go into that, right? Jen, I know that you've had some experience with... Um, in foster care where there were other, um, teenage moms, you know, other young girls that were having pregnancy. How did you see the, that turmoil? How, how were you able to, to talk to them and get that information from I them? I had only one direct, um, teen mom and she was in a great foster home. So her foster mother was very supportive. She kind of helped her throughout the entire pregnancy. Um, she was like 18, I think. Yeah. 17, 18. And then she was like, pushing herself to go to school, finish that up. And I think eventually she wound up being able to, well, so for children in care, they get more special services because of their in care. 
So she was able to get help with getting an apartment and all that stuff and getting daycare for her daughter. So that kind of what she was able to kind of move back past that stigma of, of being a teen mom and, and being able to stand on her own. That's that's awesome to hear because sometimes, like you mentioned before, you hear some of the sad stories. So she was able to get the resources in order for her right. to kind of mm-hmm. move forward. Right. On top of that, you have to worry about your other partner that was involved. Is he going to be in the picture? Is he not going to be in the picture? Is he going to help me? Like, More die? often yeah. than not, that, that young, they're not going to exactly. stay in the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And then you have shows like Teen Mom that kind of glorify this. Teen Mom came out when I got when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. But they glorify it. I used to watch it, you know? Teen Mom like, every single day because I'm like, this is the only pe- people I can relate to right now. That and Juno came out that same year too. Yeah. So I would watch Juno and watch Juno, Teen Mom. Oh my God. Yes. I remember my mom was like, why are you watching this show, this movie? I'm like, looking at my stomach like, hello, this is like Relates. relatable. <laughs> hello. What did you think about Teen Mom? Do you think that it kind of revealed the reality behind it or do you think it was glorified? It's glorified. It's glorified. It is. It's glorified. At least we, we, these girls least, are getting paid. Yeah, exactly. So now they're living they're able to maintain the, Yeah, they're now they're support. living I mean they could put on a show and, and act like they're not living like glamorous lifestyle, but you guys you, they're getting paid. And mm-hmm. now they're all like balling, yeah. like they're millionaires, like you know, so it's it it's not a realistic Outlook, like, on life. outlook on what it is to be a team the, right it's not behind the scenes no. this is not what's really happening no. I think like, the first season was more yeah, the first realistic and then is... after they started getting more money and then like oh we learned not to have children again and then they all started having more, more kids, kids and yeah. I'm like mm-hmm. okay because you got money now so basically <laughs> and it's crazy when you think of it that way because everybody wants their own reality show like why can't I have my own reality show because right? your life is not that interesting but you know if you're a teen mom hey maybe <laughs> yeah I'll throw a couple of bucks your way and see what happens. But not trying to digress, but I think that when there's a lesson to be learned at that point, at 17, like what, what did you learn as a mom and becoming a mom at that age that applied to your second pregnancy? Like you, when the first time around, I'm nervous as hell. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what's going on and I still don't. Mm-hmm. How did that differ? in your second pregnancy because now we're fast fast forward um a couple of years and the age difference between your first and your second it's a big gap and it's it's a difference it's just a difference how do you feel the um the impact was and what did you learn between the first pregnancy and the second um i think more so like you said like the first pregnancy i was like Oh my God, don't touch him. Wash your hands. Do this, do that. Like, oh, yeah. like stay away from my kid. Like, I, I, but now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Let him go play in the dirt. Let him go in the dirt. I don't care. Like, at this point, I don't care. Like, you the know, other day you he, know. Was, he was outside eating dirt. I'm just like, whatever. I don't have time. Like you do what you got to do. Boys, but quote unquote, boys will be boys. Yep. But um, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm learning better ways to parent now that I wish I had learned or like knew when I, when my older son was growing up, cause now he's going to be 12. Oh my God. Um, but nonetheless, I'm still, I'm still taking those things that I've learned and now I'm like trying to reapply them to him so that everybody's on a fair, fair, equal plane mm-hmm. of being parented. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely different. And plus, I'm on my own, like not on my own. I'm with my husband, but um, growing up with Justin. No, you on your own because I'm I'm on my own with him too. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. You're not kidding. I'm not kidding. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> um, no but so 
with Justin, I mean, we, we lived in my mother's house for he, until he turned eight. So for eight years of his life, I got you had the help. I had the, the help, and then I had the the over shadowing help. So like, move away, Stephanie. Let me do this because I had five kids from my mother, kind of right. thing. Um, but she came with an expertise. She came with an expertise, but also kind of didn't give me much choice. Like, le- yeah, choice <laughs> or like leeway, opportunity to kind like, of learn it for yourself. Learn it for myself and like overbearing. Mm-hmm. Just remember, there. she's listening. It's all right, Ma. I love you. <laughs> um, Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Listen, she already heard something else that she ain't gonna like, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, so and even to this day, she's still overbearing when it comes to Justin. Um, but now I have. The Is it because he's the first one? Um, I think it's because she helped more with him. Mm-hmm. Like I was like working in school and you know other things and trying to find my quote unquote self. Um, in my early twenties. So she was like, sad to say more of a mother figure to him than I was at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, So I feel like that's why she feels like she can have this. Say. This say. Yeah. And a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, But now I, I don't live there anymore. So I can parent him and Caleb this more on my, my way. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, in your defense, you know, same thing, same thing. Our grandma raised us. Mm. Mom was always working and we had that disconnect for a long time. But we were like 12, 13, 14 years old when she left. And then when, we, when now she's here full time, it was like a good four or five years that we never listened to her at all. But like, oh, you didn't raise us. We don't have to listen to you. So we always talk back to mom. Now and I was different. Talking you know? about rebellious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I understand, you know, like the situation with, with, with your mom and your and with Justin and stuff like that. But it gets better. Hopefully it will. You know, I'm pretty yeah. sure it will. Yeah. Then, he's not, then you he's guys not can that have, bad. He's not that bad. Right. Then you, guys, then you guys can have that one-on-one relationship. Yeah. You know, you can, then you can start making your memories and have a good time. Oh, I remember my mom. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do, you, but do you think that being young, was it an advantage for you? Because I feel like I'm a little bit older. But I think I'm just a little bit different because I'm just I'm just high energy, like <laughs> all day, every day. But like if being young, like trying to keep up with that schedule and being able to balance and run around, like being at a younger age, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I could do this. I could do this because I'm a little younger. I'm not, you know, of do course. you think that was an advantage for you or? Yeah, because. And I was like, I can't like me being pregnant now. Huh! I mean, I like there's conversations like when you have another one. And I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm 29. Who are these people <laughs> Everybody asking Everybody asks me, when are you having another one? I, I'm, I'm like, done. in I'm my head, done. I'm like, do I really want one? I'm like, mm, I'm like back and forth right now. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like if I think about it, okay, when Justin's 18, Justin's 18, I'll be 36. Okay. When Caleb's 18, I'll be 18 plus 27. Old enough. 44. Four forty six. I don't know. Whatever. I'll be young enough, right, young right. enough to the, to be free. You know what I'm saying. Right, Whereas right. other people, quote unquote, <clears throat> not pointing any elbows right at Jen, I'm free right now, are okay. taking their sweet time to have babies. Um, y'all gonna be tired when you're old. These kids are crazy these days. I mean, 
I'm tired. And don't I'm scare 29. Jen. Don't scare I'm Jen. Tired. She's always scared her. <laughs> I told her all the stories of my son. So. That is another episode. <laughs> so. Yeah, but not every every kid is different. It's not like. You know, yeah, like, no. Not, uh, yeah. For sure. I don't know what you mean. Every kid is different. No, because some you, some kids, you know, like you, they might not be fussy at all. They might just be chill, calm, quiet. I think Justin was pretty calm. Justin was little. calm and quiet. Yeah, and Caleb came and he's like the Tasmanian devil. Like, <laughs> he's, he, no, he's literally Jack Jack from The Incredibles. Like that's who he is. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But I think when it comes to finding your parenting style, right? Because I know. Like you have two boys, this is as I, you know, undress and I have two boys and they're night and day. So like mm-hmm. just Justin and Caleb is night and day. My boys are night and day. So between them two, it's trying to find the balance between who, like who is the punisher, who is the soft one, who is the authoritative, who, who you know, who's making the decisions. And I think we are still trying to figure that out. Because you have very little patience. When it comes to my kids, I do. Right. Any other kids? I have patience in the world. Yeah, but shouldn't it be the opposite? No, because I feel like my kids should know better. And we're teaching them to be respectful and stuff like that. But yeah, you still do the opposite. And purposely, I feel like. I I feel the same way. Purposely. I agree. Expand on that. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Okay. My son, Justin, he's going to be 12 years old. He. You'll, you'll tell him to do something or just say something to him. It doesn't matter what it is. He has a response for everything. Even though he has been yelled at and punished for, talking, for back. talking back many other times before and he knows to keep his mouth shut, he'll still... And then you'll tell him to keep his mouth shut and he'll still keep going after you tell him to keep his mouth shut. Do you hear this? Do you hear so- this? <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop you because this is, this is how it's going to go. What did you mention in the beginning of the podcast? Rebellion, right? Rebellion. So he is your child because okay. he is rebellious. <laughs> he's gonna do. He's gonna do what he want to do. But that's the only time he's really rebellious. I feel like just with his mouth. That's enough, though. That's enough, though. It gets you in trouble. It got me in trouble. It still see, see, gets it, me no, in see, trouble. It, it's it's crazy because like certain times, like if Jen was to come, you know, like oh, let me take him for the weekend. They'll come back, oh, they were good, you know, this and that. They were, oh, yeah, of know, course, no 100%. When it comes to us, oh, all over the place. Exactly, you know, and that's what annoys up. me. When, when I drop them off somewhere and somebody's watching them. And oh, they, he's an angel. Oh, they, oh, they were, were so, so good, great. they were so good. Oh, Bring them God. home and different, they're... Different game, different story. Both of them. Because they're comfortable in front of you guys. But you shouldn't be comfortable enough to disrespect your parents. That's not... That's, that's not, what, they, that's what kids do. do that. Don't do that. Because we used to do the same thing. I mean, yeah, you're right. We talk back to mom and dad all the time. So you are. Did we talk back correct. to our aunts and uncles? No. No. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Yeah, so we, respect, we respect everybody else. Because you know your parents got to be there. Exactly. Your parents, they're not, they're not going nowhere. So you push the, push the boundaries. Right. And, and, and I feel like we set the bar so high for them and they should behave. And, you know, but when it comes with us, I have no patience for it because they should know better. Mm-hmm. But other that, kids no problem I, right I, I don't but here's wa- the thing that's them. unfair because you're, you're putting the expectations onto them and you're not really giving them the opportunity to figure it out listen they've been here almost 12 years <laughs> no every no. day I gotta remind you to brush your teeth every day I gotta remind you to go take a shower yes just every day is a constant <laughs> reminder I gotta wake you up to do your to do for class 
Why do I have to do that when you should know already to do that? Mm-hmm. But at least I, the bare minimum. Exactly. I guarantee you, if Titi Jen was to watch them, they'll be up at seven o'clock in the morning. They'll be up to go brush their teeth. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, they'll behave like angels because they know. Well, Titi Jen don't play either, but that's the other thing. <laughs> but I think like it goes back to trying to figure out when you're young yourself, you're trying to figure things out, right? And then you're learning along with your kids and trying to figure out, well, how do I talk to them? How do I do this parenting thing? Do I follow in my parents' footsteps or do I go ahead and make my own path? Do I still go to them for advice? Do I listen? Do I, he- do I, I hear out what they have to say? Or do you just like ignore it and just like, I'm going to just do my own thing. You know, that's where I find myself still struggling because I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm an older mom. That's one because I always send the beginning. I never want kids and this and this. And cause I've literally worked with kids all of my life. So I saw how they were and I'm like, I don't want them. I don't want them. <laughs> I, I didn't want them because I can't take care of myself. I'm like, <laughs> You still can't take care of yourself. No, I can't, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's just, it's just a matter of trying to still figure out this whole parenting. And I know there's billions of books out there that tells you, oh, you could do this, you could do that. But it's still such a large, large learning curve when it comes to that. So when you add on top of it, being 17 and then, you know, not being aware of all the other different obstacles that can come into into your life itself but it's just again being a mom is tough as it is right your mom was to five right mm-hmm. five of you guys so i have two i'm already tired so Same. if she had five that i can't even imagine <laughs> the energy that she had to keep up with all of you and then having you in the mix as being the rebellious one mm-hmm. I had, how, how did that work out? <laughs> I had a baby at 17. That was it. That was it. 18, 18. But I don't think it, it faults to, into a sense that it's not solely her responsibility. It's also, again, it's a shared responsibility, right? So between yourself, your dad, and your mom, that communication that you said that they, you lacked that or they lacked it with you contributed to that as well but you also still have to bear some responsibility to yeah. that as well yeah. and i know that you've yeah. already recognized that at a young age yeah. because you were already mature and you already recognized that and i i commend you for just like being honest and saying hey this is i i needed help mm-hmm. not a lot of people can do that mm. and 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 admit it right you know so that i i girl i'm just trying to figure myself out at 14 <laughs> so even having that as you know in the back of my mind thinking at 17 having a child I was like I couldn't even think of it it wasn't even in the back burner and even at 27 it wasn't even in my plan <laughs> but then you know things change and you change your perspective from the first pregnancy to the second pregnancy like you said the second pregnancy was a lot easier but the first time it was I don't even think you even expected the second pregnancy you were like god oh, this ain't right Something's wrong here. Yes, that, that was his response. <laughs> that was his response. He's like, he's like, oh my God. That was, and you know, I still get mad to this day thinking about it when I told him I was pregnant the second time. He was, she just walked out and gave me a tap on the shoulder like, I'm pregnant. And he just walked away. I was like, what? 
That was basically she what like, I did. Deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, that was basically exactly what you did. That's basically like, how oh, it went oh, down. Well. We got two now. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly not how, how mine went down. She's probably like, "Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you messed up." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, I'm having back pains. Oh, my stomach. I'm throwing up." I'm like, "You know, let's go to the doctor." She came out. She's like, "Well, bueno." Then we're number two. I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> But he didn't really even say anything. It was all his face. Yeah, because she just tapped me on the shoulder like, well, why not number two? I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you have to tell the story about what you told your mom the first time. When we first, this is how it all goes down, right? When it was around Christmas time and we were. It was around her birthday. Too. It was around her birthday. And Andre and I were talking and. We were at home and we were sitting down having a conversation and I had already taken a pregnancy press test that day. So I didn't really tell him yet. Um, in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I was scared to tell my mom. 27. At 27? At 27. <laughs> I was scared to tell you my mom. You don't fear, my friend. Oh, girl. <laughs> girl. Right. So you told your mom. Right. But the thing is, is that when I told her, she was your, like. Her mom was like, so happy. Oh my so God, happy. Can we? Oh, we have a grandson. So happy about and it. And I was taken back by it. I was just like, oh, so you're happy about this? She goes, oh my God, this is so exciting. I was like, <laughs> didn't expect it at all. At all. So we go to... Um, go back to my we, house. We go to your house. No, we, we, we waited like the first trimester and all that stuff. And, yeah, we waited. We and waited. Yeah. you weren't showing yet. And then... No, I wasn't. No. I was like, how am I going to tell my mom? I'm like, I'm scared to tell my mom. Like, See? 27. 27. I was 28 at the time. 28, 28 at the I was time. Like, well, how am I going to tell my mom? Like, I'm about to have a baby. Like, I can't take care of myself. Like, oh my God. <laughs> we, we had our own place and stuff. We were like, oh my God. Like, we were already living together. Yeah, we, we were already working. So then, and then, uh, you know, we were independent, you know, doing all So thing. we went over and Jen and Ro were there because we wanted them there to, to, to tell because they knew already. <laughs> Wait a minute. We didn't tell them at a restaurant? No, no, no this is for Stefan. Oh, for, for no, Stephen. I thought for Adrian. No, I, for Adrian was at the house. It was at the house. Okay, okay, okay. So for Adrian, we were at the house. And then Jen and Ro already knew because we told them before. You know, and then uh, we sat down. My mom's friend that, w- that was there, rest in peace. You know, she's passed away a few years after that, after Adrian was born. But, you know, we're talking mom. We just sprung the news. I said, mom, you're going to be a grandma. And she just gave me that stare, like, I started crying and everything. And then meanwhile, like, my mom's friend's like, why are you crying? This is amazing. He's 28. Oh my, he's on his own. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And mom, my mom's just sitting in the corner crying. <laughs> like, we have to say what she said. How can this You have to use the line. You have to use said. the line. What line was that? No saron condon. Oh. <laughs> she didn't say congratulations. She didn't say she was happy. First thing that comes out her mouth. Did you use a condom? Y'all didn't use a condom? <laughs> I was taken back by it. Like, I was like, I was a little mad. So I was my just mom like, was crying. I'll be mad was too. Crying. And I was just so like, we're like. And my mom's friends were happy hugging us. And I'm like, I got two women crying. Like, oh my God. I was so mad. I was, I was in the motion room. And then after a while, my mom just like finally stops crying. And then she looks at me, stares at me. And then she starts crying again. And then she goes, you don't understand. When I see you and your brother, I still see you as kids. Yeah. As babies. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to picture that you're having kids. <laughs> and my mom's friend was like, don't worry, they are just beans, you and I like, I'm happy for you guys. So my mom's friend was like overjoyed. And then the second time. Oh, she was, she was just so funny though. Yeah. She was like getting mad at his mom for like, just why are you crying? Like, to be happy. 
bitches and don't cry. And then the second time we were out eating at a restaurant and then we, same thing. We sprung it up, sprung it on them again. And then my mom's friend was there again. She's like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you guys. And my mom just like, it was just such a disappointing look. And I was just like, I, I think it's different from a guy. Like just, you know, like, you know, have that relationship with your mom and all of a sudden you're just like, how do you? No, because I feel like my mom's reaction was so how was your, your parents was reaction? Similar to your mom's. A little more so dramatic for the first. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> I told my mom in the stairwell of her job. Is that oh, what you did? Yes. I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why. Okay, hold on. I know why. It's because a you, you're, you're a safe space. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not even because of that. Not even because of that. I that same morning that I told her I had gone to Planned Parenthood and I was gonna have an abortion. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna have an abortion, and um, I didn't have the abortion because I had asked the lady to show me a picture of the sonogram, and when she showed me the sonogram, I was like, "Yeah, this is not happening. I'm out of here. Like, not doing it." Um, so from there. I was supposed to be in school, mind you. I was not in school. I was in Brooklyn. You weren't about school, girl. Weren't about school now. I wasn't. Yeah, I was not. In, I was. I was supposed to be in school, but I was not in school. Um, and so I went from there to. For some reason, when I was like a teenager, I always like if I was going to talk to somebody, it was going to be to my aunt, not to my mom, not to anybody else. So I, re- I literally oh, went that's from- that's such a new, unique yeah, dynamic. My, my Aunt Lucy, she lives in San Island as well. So um, she's, a, she's a psychologist. So I feel like because she of that, she would have, like, obviously still a negative reaction, but I feel like she would have been- and she, and she knew like past things as well. So she, she's already knew that I was a troubled child. So she knew your history and she yes. would be a little bit more understanding and listening and hearing yeah. you out. Got so it. I yeah. went from there to- um, after leaving my son's father, who was completely like, what do you mean? You, you, what do you mean you're not? Like, he just freaked out because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at that point I was like, yeah, this is not happening. So eventually you can tell your, your mom. Um, so I went from there, from the ferry, I went to my aunt's house to tell her and she was not home. So I'm there knocking on the door like a crazy person trying to get somebody to open the door. Nobody's there. And I'm like, oh God. If I don't tell my aunt right now, I'm going to have to go home and tell my mom because there's no way I could keep this yeah, in. Right, like, right. You know what I'm saying? So she wasn't there. So I got back on the bus and I went back to my house. And my mom works two, like three doors down from where, we, where she lives right, right mm-hmm. now, where we, mm-hmm. where we grew up. Um, so I went there and I, I mean, I don't feel like because it was a safe space, I just felt like I had to get it off off my chest yeah, before, yeah, like, me, before I exploded. Like, I, I got to say it. Or else I'm, like, I'm not, not going to say it at all, basically. Um, so I went there and I told her in the staircase. While she was working? While she was working. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, poor mom had to go back to work. <laughs> She's probably in shock. <laughs> poor lady. Yes. Oh well, I, I feel for your mom right now. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so, yeah, I told her and she kind of just, like, Stood there quiet and just like her face kind of just drooped down like like in sadness and was just Was it more like disappointment? Yeah. It was, right? Disappointment, sadness. She was basically like, You gotta tell your dad and I was like Oh <laughs> 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 
a message on the phone. Telling my dad nothing. <laughs> like, Mom, you can't take off for the team. No, but she did though. She did. She did. She did. Oh. Yes. Because you want to know why? I left that that house so quickly after I told her. I went to my friend's house and I stood there for the whole night until I until later on. And she called me when I was there, Are and she and she home. she told me she's like, yeah, I told him. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come home now. And I walked through the door. I went right upstairs to my room. I didn't say nothing to nobody. Mm-hmm. And my dad did not talk to me for a few days. Didn't even look my way. And then um, he used to drive me to school in the morning. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It's awkward on a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I don't even know if that was that many days. I think it was like a Friday that I that I told her. So I think, I think it was that Monday. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what day it was, how many days after that I told her and she told him, but he basically just said like, he actually like spoke to me in the car. Obviously like what else could he do? And he's basically just like, mother told me what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm mad. I'm disappointed, but um, I don't want you to think we're not going to be there for you. Cause we're going to be there for you. And that was it. Like, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like a, like a sigh of relief? Like, did you feel relief? Yeah, when you said those words. Like, cause like, I don't know if I would have felt relief me telling him personally, but it's like, if mom took one for the team and he's saying it's okay. I mean, I, still- I wasn't going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he would have found out once he's on my belly because I was not about to tell him right there. No. Was there was happening. too much emotional turmoil going on that I was like, yeah. Listen, my mom, my mom it cannot keep her. No, sorry, mom. Cannot keep her mouth shut for nothing. So I feel oh, like as soon money, as yeah. I told her, Probably she was like, right I, I got to say something. Like, I got to tell him. So, but I think you had the same feeling too. Like you had this news and you needed to tell somebody right away. I think it's yeah. the same thing for your mom. You know, yeah. that it was the same thing to, gotta, I got to let somebody know. Mm-hmm. But I think like you mentioned before that your mom was a Christian. Do you think religion played a big role in the house to kind of deter you from making that decision? against abortion like if if your if your mom didn't bring that up right in a sense like i'm glad you didn't do it because mm-hmm. of this would you have done it would you have gone through with it um i i don't know i don't i mean i'll tell you this right so the first i found out and not to be political or anything like that but i i found out i was pregnant on election day mm-hmm the day that Obama was elected president. So now if you know anything about politics, Democrats, therefore abortion, right? So when I came home from school, I went from school to the clinic to find out if I was pregnant and then I came home. Mm-hmm. So when I came home and they had announced him uh, as, president, as president, the first thing my mom said was, great, now all the unborn babies are going to die. Now imagine that, thinking that when you walk through the door, oh you're pregnant at 17 and you hear that come from your mom's from your mom's voice. And I'm like, so that must've been, yeah. Because now I'm like, I'm pregnant. So what do I, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? Like at that point I wasn't a Christian. I was a rebellious teenager. I didn't care about religion or God or anything like that. So I was like, uh, okay. And then, um, the first person to know was my younger sister. Shout out to Michelle. We don't get along right now, but I still love you. Shout out to therapy. Shout out to therapy. Because <laughs> therapy allows her to have that conversation. Yeah, That's no, what it for is. sure. So, um, yeah. So then after that, I told, I, 
my sister was like, I don't know how I was, I was 17. She was probably like 13, 13. Um, so I went from hearing my mom say that to going into the room. And then I just like told her and like, she was like very like supportive and like, yeah, she was like, just like hugging me and stuff again. Shout out to Michelle. Um, and then that was it. Like I just went to bed, excuse me. Um, this pregnancy on my mind. And, um, and then I think like we just had a few conversations, me and um, my son's father, like about what we were going to do. And, you know, so for him, it was like, he has a whole different family dynamic. So um, for him, he just wanted no, no parts at the time. Like he just wanted us both to get to have an abortion and get, and get on with it. But um, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't He just do didn't it. have any intentions of doing yeah. that. But when you think about it now, what did you think the dynamic was between yourself and with the father trying to figure out what was the next step? Because it's one thing to say he just wants, he was the only one that wanted the abortion or did you both want the abortion? Like, how did that, how did that conversation go about? Because even though you say, yeah, we can move on and move forward, what did he think after when you decided that you weren't? Um, he, I mean, he wasn't happy with it. He just, he was no, not. No, he, and more so because he was, he was like deathly afraid of his mom and telling his mom, like, cause he has, he has his own backstory and, you know, he, he grew up from 12 on without his dad. So him and his mom are very, 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 very close. Um, and so he, his mom was like his whole life basically. So now he has his girlfriend who he now needs to tell his mom that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I can only imagine like how I would feel as a mom, as a single parent who lost my husband, who's raising a teenage boy that I'm very close with. and I do everything with. And, and obviously we talk and we share things. And then him coming to me and saying his girlfriend's pregnant. Like that must have been a shock to her. That's hard to it's hard to, to disconnect from you already because we already have this connection and this bond as a mom and a son. So now I have to accept the fact that there's another girl, another woman in your life, in your life now. coming in. And not only that, she's bringing a child with her whom you now have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And I have to help basically. Well, she didn't have to help, but she, but she did. Right. Because that's just something, you know, being a mom, you want to help in any way that you can. Yeah. Right. That's just an instinct that moms have, you know, some, some, but I think that it, it comes down to if you already had that conversation and you had the understanding, he was not, he didn't want to go through with it, but you made the decision to say, no, this is something that I want to do and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that alone just shows, you know, just the strength that you have doing that because a lot of people might not have been easy to make that decision. Yeah. And I don't know if having the abortion was easier or not. I think both are just as complex making that decision or whether not to it's difficult either way. So I think that it, it all boils down to what can you do to make the best out of the situation? And I think you did. Mm-hmm. Or do you think that you did? I think that I did. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to the, the youngest now, mm-hmm. do you have a different dynamic with his father? Like that connection with, 
with his father. Um, yeah, we're married. <laughs> That's my husband. Right. But does but does that but does that make a difference? So, yeah, I mean, first of all, and I say it's all the time and everybody thinks I'm joking, but I'm so serious. My husband trapped me, okay? He purposely made me pregnant to get what? me out of my house and, pre- and marry me. Yes, he did. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, I'm putting you on blast because wow. he sure did and he told and I could pinpoint the exact time and date of when it happened and him doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, I mean, we're married. So it's, it's definitely a lot different from the relationship that I have with Justin's dad, which mm-hmm. is like, we only talk about Justin. Mm-hmm. And when I see him, it's very few words. It's like, he's a, he's a man of very little words to begin with. To begin so, with. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not when we were dating, which was weird that now he's like that now. Sorry, no offense. Um, but, yeah, he's just very quiet, timid kind of guy. So mm-hmm. if it's not about Justin, we don't really talk much. So you wouldn't say that you guys co-parent? Would it be like if, yeah. it's, if it's a dependency on we're just going to focus on him and not really focus on our relationship? Because sometimes I feel like if you have a good dynamic, mm. that it will reflect onto the co-parenting style. Like, let's say like if you guys are always arguing, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're arguing in front of him. Or there's something else, or you you just having a bad day, mm-hmm. that can relay and reflect on your interaction with your son, mm-hmm. right? So then we take it back and just like, hey, listen, we're having a bad day. That's okay, but we're still doing this together. This is what this is so the are whole. You, are you talking about about my husband? Or are you talking about my oh my son? Okay, yeah, the first one. Um. I I would think that we're co-parenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to an extent where he sees like, where, where Justin sees like a broad view of an interaction. Like we, it's just come and go. Like That's come quick, and go. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. And go. Pick him and up, then, drop him Yeah, yeah. And, and then if I ever have an issue with Justin, like I'll, I'll have him come over and we'll talk about it or, or not vice versa. But um, yeah, I mean- me and my husband will have him over and, and talk about it and like explain to him what's going on when he's with us and um, what we can both do on both sides to, to make the situation better. Right, right. And I, and I think that's even shows maturity on both sides because mm-hmm. you guys are able to have a conversation and say, hey, listen, I can't figure this out. Why don't you come over and talk to me or mm-hmm. figure it out with him and we can figure this out together. Because I think yeah. a lot of the dynamic, if, if, However, if it was amicable or not amicable, that spills over mm-hmm. to how your parenting and how your styles are different. Or, you know, do you feel like your parenting skills are different? Do you think it, that's a disadvantage? Do you think that it is an advantage? I don't know exactly how he parents him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we're pretty much on the same, uh, like, <clears throat> understanding when it comes to, like, like, I guess, like, discipline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know that like past that when it comes to like what he does when he's over there versus what he does <clears throat> when he's with us. So mm-hmm. that must be hard to kind of gauge how that is. Oh yeah. That would be hard for me. Cause I'm right. trying to figure out, you know, is there anything that I can do to help you? Mm-hmm. Or is there anything there's that we can help each other so that we yeah. all, the end goal is for everybody to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. That's always okay, the goal. But then you have two different parenting styles. Right. You know, mm-hmm. So and that's what comes up. So with. do us. We have right. two different parenting styles and we live together. Right. And sometimes I don't like the way you talk to the kids, but that's <laughs> just me. Just being a mama bear. Right. So I think it's just, 
if it's something that you have, the end goal is, it's all for the, the trying to. Like the kids know, you know, they, they know like what kind of, you know, what's my boiling point. I think they know what's your boiling point. They know not to cross the line sometimes, you know, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the kids know, but sometimes they do it on purpose just mm-hmm. to just get us riled up. Yeah. They're good at that. Do they get upset because you yelled at them? Right. Yeah. It's not like, you know, like I'm going to, you know, let's say we're living separately and then they be, oh, dad yelled at me for this and he go run to you. <laughs> oh, dad yelled at me or mom yelled at me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like me confronting you. Oh, why, why are you yelling at him like this? You know, he didn't. Caleb does that. Like two different styles. If, my, if, if Andrew like even just disciplines him and say, mommy. Mommy, daddy, but daddy did this. And I'm like, don't, don't come to me. Listen, that was your problem. You're the one who, who disrespected him or didn't listen. So that's, and then he'll do the same thing opposite. <laughs> he gets in trouble with me and then he He's goes smart. to his father. <laughs> He's smart. Daddy, mommy did this. That's so funny. But it's like, when I think about parenting styles, there's looking at doing a little bit of research. It's, it's divided into four different categories. So um, the first one is, um, permissive so i guess the what it says is that you don't really enforce the rules and you just kind of say that kids will be kids right i don't really think i don't find myself as permissive do you think that i'm permissive at all no not at all and then the other style of parenting is the uninvolved so that's not applicable here so um that really just involves you know or very little involvement and not really giving the children attention and not really nurturing them but that doesn't apply in this situation but now it, I want to, I want to give it to you. Like, what are the other two styles that we have? The other we, two categories. We have authoritarian mm-hmm. and authoritative. Authoritarian focuses on obedience, punishment over discipline. Blame. Mm. That's more like punishment. You know, like you, you know, if somebody did something wrong. Go to your corner. Go to your room. Stuff like that. And that, that that's the authoritarian type. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't bend from the rules. Like there's no right. there's no right. breathing space with that. The authoritative it says like creates positive relationship and enforces rules. I, I feel like I'm a combination of all. Same. I agree. All four. All four. No, or three. Not no, four. it's three. It's authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and uninvolved. That's yeah, but we're not. But yeah, but we don't even worry about the. No, because sometimes when they're fighting, I'm uninvolved myself. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting in the I'm middle of it. Just keep playing my Xbox. Bro. <laughs> you guys gonna kill each other. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I don't know the response to that. Because I, I laugh about it because he finds himself in a situation where it's just like, go, go talk to your mom. Like, I don't want to be bothered right now. But that's one thing. But then if you see that something's happening and then yet you still don't get involved, that's when right. everything else breaks loose. Yeah. Like, that's, that's perfectly he, okay with that. He's perfectly okay. Like you're okay with that. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes I get involved. Like, you know, but like if they're arguing with each other, I'm not gonna get involved. So you know, let, let them handle it. They're grown men. They could they <laughs> grown men. They could duke it out. Oh no, 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 <laughs> they're no. They're twelve no. and what eight? Yeah, no, they're not grown men. You said in the beginning of the podcast they barely take care of themselves. You they said don't, that they don't watch they, they don't watch the tape. You have to keep reminding them. So Listen. how is it that you're going to try to not break up a, a fight between them? Listen, or I could be the authority type. You go to your room and you go to your room and that's it. They go to the same room. That's it. Oh, okay, somebody <laughs> goes to the same room. How is that productive? I don't know. I, I see myself as a mixture of, of all of these depending on the situation. You can't just like, 
every time something goes down, you just punish somebody and just send them to the room. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm. Yeah, I'm, but I think it's, it's a difference between yeah, sending them to the room right away and telling them more than once. And then once you hit that, like, boiling point. Third time, it's like, all right. Now, now it's authoritarian. Now, now, now yeah, now the authoritarian now I gotta is put my foot down. Up. Yeah, but I feel like you never do. I do. Explain. I put my foot down. Explain. I'm not explaining. It just, it's hard to explain. I just put my foot down. I'm like, yo, you gotta stop it. Yeah, but sometimes your approach, you come, you come very aggressive. Because I give it a chance to diffuse. You don't I, give nobody a chance. I do. Really? If I have to, like, like Stephanie said, if, if I got to tell, tell them more than three times, then that's when... Your patience is exactly. running out. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you an example, right? So, like, through, throughout the earlier years of Justin's life, like, all I knew growing up was yelling. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, yelling. Same. So same that's here. the same way that I would be with Justin, just yelling. Never, never hit him like that. Like it wasn't no spanking, no beat, like none of that. Just like, just yelling. Um, now I've like taken it to a point where I'm not going to yell at you until I have to tell you more than a few times. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you like two, three times. Now I'm going to yell at you. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but... I'm going to yell at you if you're talking back because I'm telling you something you're talking back and I'm telling you to stop talking back like I said before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're still talking back. Now I'm going to yell. Right. Bottom line. Like, but he, here's, here's the funny thing though. Like I find myself yelling and then I still get the same result, right? What is the definition of crazy? Insanity. 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 Both of it. I put them together. You know, you're trying to do the same thing and try to think of a different result, right? And mm. it's still the same thing. So now not only are you losing your voice, now the other one is tuning you out. And then you have your husband who doesn't want to help you. <laughs> See, but when it, when it comes to the, like I said, the, the, now we get into the different types in those subcategories. You know, in terms now, of personality yeah, or in terms of the parent- parenting, well, number one, you believe kids should not be seen or not heard. Two, when it comes to rules, you believe it's my way or the highway. And then three, you don't take your child's feelings into consideration. I do. You know, and then we have authoritative parenting. You say you put a lot of effort into creating and maintaining a positive relationship with your child. You explain the reasons behind your rules. You enforce rules and give consequences, but takes your child's feelings into consideration. Right? Nah. And then we have the permissive parenting. You set rules, but rarely enforce them. You don't give out consequences very often. You think your child will learn best with little interference from you. Nah. It depends on the situation. Really? Sometimes, like I said, they, they got to learn Sometimes from themselves. Sometimes all, all, all those different things come together yeah. to make one subcategory of parenting. And, yeah, and now with the uninvolved parent, you don't ask your child about school or homework. Oh, you yeah, know, you rarely different. know where your child is or who she is with. You don't spend much time with your child. That's the uninvolved parent. So like, all right, you, you can be what is it, authoritative, right? Where you're explaining, okay, don't take, don't take that water... And spill on the floor because it's going to make a mess. And you're explaining the, the consequences of these actions, right? Mm-hmm. But then anyway. they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you tell them not to do it again. Mm-hmm. And you explain why. Mm-hmm. And after two times, you're, you're 12 years old. You should understand what I'm saying. Like, you know, you know what so I'm saying? So age is a factor. Yeah, right, yeah because as, as a toddler, my, my youngest one, he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He's just causing a ruckus throughout he's my little. entire house. He's little. I mean, Sometimes I feel like he knows what he's doing and he's just doing it because... On purpose. Yeah. Just to get a reaction. Yeah, 100%. 
But as an older child, <clears throat> if I'm telling you don't spill the water, you're going to make a mess. And, and putting in that effort to explain the rules and why I'm, I'm giving those rules. Mm-hmm. And you're still doing it after one, two or three times. Then the authoritative kind of comes in because it's exactly. just like. Now you're punished. I'm, I'm giving you opportunities mm-hmm. to understand. And I'm giving you opportunities to, to, to learn. To, to learn. And you're, t- you're, you're understanding because I know you understand what I'm saying, but you're just like, mm. But I'm then that takes, into, that takes into account hormones, um, you know, different categories of, of uh, you know, if, it depends on the day. It depends on where you're at at this point. Where are you mentally? Yeah, yeah, because that too. Yeah. It, and it, that takes into consideration because it's one thing to just put the, the burden on the mom. Mm-hmm. You put the burden on the dad. You put the burden on other relationships that are involved, you know, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, things like that. But if they have you to look to, right, you are the head of the household, right? Mm-hmm. Mom runs things and we have to listen to mom. But yet you mentioned before, if they was to go to somebody else's house, they're perfect angels. Mm-hmm. And then with me, you would just want to act up. Why do that? Because they're home. They know they they're comfortable. They're yeah. comfortable. But it all, it all boils down to being a parent, for me, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. Day, I yep. still don't know what I'm doing, and I feel like I'm only getting a little bit better because I had to learn to change my means of communication. I had to learn to change the way I talk to them because I myself grew up in a house. Yelling was the way. Yelling was the way, and that was how I communicated to you. This is how I got my message across, <laughs> and it's like, I still am a little loud, but I found myself changing my tone a lot, and imparting that to them it's always important to to have an open conversation but yet you have to still put your foot down Mm -hmm. right everybody's style is different and the most important thing is your connection with your child and i think that's what it's all about just being a parent and this is why mother's day is not celebrated just on one day it is celebrated day every day that's why father's day is not just one day father's day is every day that's right so I want to take this time and um, just give a little shout out to all the mommies out there. Find yourself a little bit of time by yourself because I know that's hard for me. Remote learning and everybody's home on top of me all the time. So if you have an opportunity to be by yourself, be by yourself. Yeah, it's crazy because like before she gets home, we're just chilling, fine, no issues. As soon as she walks in the door, the kid's running. Mommy, dad, mommy. Oh, we need this, we need that. <laughs> oh, what's your dad? What would what, what, you guys do all day? Nothing. They, they give nothing. They, give, they, give, they don't give me anything. They don't ask me for anything. But as soon as she comes in, she comes home. They want everything. Because <laughs> they know she's there. Mm-hmm. She going to give it to them. Says a lot, don't it? That means you don't give them nothing dirty. <laughs> I don't feed them kids. I don't do nothing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my goodness. But Stephanie, I really want to thank you for, you know, having this conversation with us and being so open. Um, where can everybody find you? Um, so I have two Instagrams. My, what's that word? Oh, my personal one is at Stephanie underscore, underscore, underscore. So it's actually S-T-E dot P-H-A-N-I-E. Four underscores. Um, and that's just because 
other people had the same name as me and they used <laughs> everything good before me. So yeah. And then my um business makeup business page is the Makiaje Maven, which is T H E M A Q U I L L A G E M A V E N. Um check me out, book me, I'm open. Ready yeah, to beat some faces. Yeah, but she's ready to beat faces. <laughs> with some brushes. With some brushes now in my hands with some brushes. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Jen. Titi Jen for being on the panel today. My pleasure. And my lovely Same. wife, Stephanie. With an F. <laughs> I'm PH. PH. Not with a PH, with an F. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys. You can follow us. Don't forget to follow, like, and share on Facebook, Instagram, at table for four listen and click on that follow button where you can get the notifications on the latest episodes on all major podcasts anchor spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, breaker radio radio public and now you can also follow us on iHeartRadio, amazon audible and youtube at table for four if there are any topics you would like table for four to discuss or you want to be a part of the guest panel email us you can email us at table for four podcasters at gmail.com. Repeat, table for four podcasters at gmail.com. And thank you guys for coming today, or, or gals for coming today and talk. Thanks for having us. This is Table for Four, guys. Have a good one. Bye. See you on the next episode.